Good morning, Blog Talk listeners. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in on this Saturday. Uh, what is today? I've been running all morning, so I'm running a little late. April the 9th. Saturday, April the 9th. Um, I know I told you last week that I was supposed to have been attending a Relay for Life. This week has been a busy week for me, um, but I did not make it to the Relay for Life uh, last night, which is, you know, support breast cancer research. And, of course, anybody out there who has, I mean, we're all six degrees of separation from each other. So I'm sure someone knows someone or have someone in their family who have experienced the beast of cancer. So anytime you can get out and support, donate, do what you can, because it's a it's a disease that that is caused internally uh, from a number of factors. I mean, I don't want to go into, I'm not a doctor, I don't want to go into cancer and cancer research and why people have cancer, but I do know this. Um, some of us are predis- predisposed and others are, for a number of reasons, that we may experience this beast, but if you can support, if you can give, um, do what you can, and I am going to... I am going to make it my effort to use my platform, this show, and anything that I can touch in in the support of many different functions uh, to help my listening audience, to help the citizens of the world. So I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do my part, and I encourage you to do likewise. This week, we I participated in a golf tournament, um, and it was for the Chiefs group um, out at McDill McDill Air Force Base and the whole goal was to try to raise money for the soldiers that we see you know we hear about them on the television but a lot of us take it for granted I was talking with a talking to a friend of mine the other day and of course listeners know that I'm a veteran and I have put my life on the line for this country and for the freedom that we have as Americans. And a friend of mine made the statement, I mean, of course, he's never been in the military, but he made the statement that I would never fight for this country. Because, and now let me let me put the script in play for you. He had been listening to the radio, NPR, and he was talking about the way veterans are treated once they once they return from a war or a conflict and how they are treated by our government. And what I told him was, yes, veterans are not treated with the utmost respect, but there are, there are, there are a lot of wheels that are turning in that whole mechanism. Now, yes, I am a veteran, and the thing that I did not do was depend on the government to think for me. And I think that a lot of us, fall victim to allowing our government to think for us. At the end of the day, this is my body. And I care about what happens to my body. And I'm the only person responsible for my body, for my well-being. I'm the only person responsible for it. So after the war, uh, a couple of years after the Persian Gulf War, I got out of the military. 
I'd served my time, I'd served my country, and now I'm a U.S. vet. But I can tell you this, that was a bold statement, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but we all have our opinions. I would never fight for this country. And my statement to him was simply this. If somebody didn't fight for this country, well, let, let me go back. I would never fight for this country unless it was, you know, on my doorstep. It was at my door, and it was depending on me protecting my family. My statement to him was, if somebody didn't fight for this country, it would be on your door. It would be at your doorstep. So our troops are in place. Yes, they work for a civilian commander-in-chief. That's the president. Um, however, they are doing an awesome job not under their control defending this country. So if you see a veteran, shake a veteran's hand, tell him you appreciate it. It will mean a lot, but something else that you can do as American citizens, something you can do is simply donate to an organization that helped veterans. Not the VA administration. That's a government-ran organization. But you can donate to an organization that helped veterans. Now, of course, in the upcoming months, I'm going to be using this platform as, as a means of bringing light to some of the things that are going on with veterans, um, as well as putting some things in play that I can use this platform to help veterans. Because being a veteran and now being a civilian and looking at both sides of it, I'll always be a veteran. Yes, I have served my country. And if push came to shove, I would serve my country again. Why? Because it's not just about me. It's about the freedom of everybody that's listening to this show, those that aren't listening to this show, those that are walking around without a clue. It's about that freedom. We have the most powerful military in the world, and we have the most powerful military for a reason. So it's about giving giving support to what we have and what we can do. And I encourage each of my fellow Americans to help support these guys and girls when they come back from conflict because war is hell. And if you've never been in it, it's it's something to deal with. And it's something that we need to all take a take a take a look at. Look at our young men and young women that when they come back from something, I mean, just think about it for a second. Taking a 19, 18, 19-year-old out of their environment and putting them into a conflict. Hey, most of these kids have ever only seen, you know, Call of Duty played on a video game. And now they are actually shooting an M16 carbine weapon at someone they don't know. And if they inflict harm or death upon that person, and you see that, that's something to take into your psyche. That's something to live with forever. Forever. So you see a veteran 
shake his hand, but take a dollar. If each one of us in America, out of the 308 million of us, if each one of us donated one dollar, one dollar to an organization to help veterans, I'm not, I didn't say twenty dollars. I didn't say a hundred dollars. I said if each one of us donated one dollar in one day, that would be three hundred and eight million dollars that's out there. When the president talked about spreading the wealth during during his election, and remember, I don't talk politics. I talk about issues that matter most to your wallet. But when he talked about spreading the wealth, um, I'm not looking for the government to spread the wealth for me. I think we as American citizens, human decency, we should take care of our own, our own way, not through the government. But if each one of us donated $1 one day, that would put more money in coffers that can help homeless veterans, veterans who are shell-shocked, who cannot. I mean, that's that's a lot of trauma. And then our government will continue to send our troops their deployment after deployment after deployment. Read an article last week about suicide rate up amongst military personnel. And there's a reason. I mean, just on MacDill. In the last month, four soldiers have committed suicide. Why? Why are they committing suicide? Well, yes, we have the most powerful military in the world, but you can only push a person so much, so much before they snap. So these are, you know, these guys come back, they don't get the they don't get the adequate training or 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 debriefing from a psychiatric person that they need, they don't get the proper medication. And what does that lead to? That leads to suicide. That leads to crime uh, because these people will snap. And it takes a strong mind to get rid of some of the stuff that we've seen in war. So remember, you see a veteran, help them out, find an organization to donate to, make sure it's a worthy organization. You know that stuff that I talk about. Make sure it's a, 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 a sanctioned Nonprofit organization and check out their mission. Make sure their mission is set up to actually, you know, the majority of the money that comes in goes out. If you're donating to an organization, and remember, if you're going to donate to an organization to a 501c3, and this is something that most people don't know, you can walk in the door and ask to see their books because they are not a private entity. And when you're donating your dollar, you can ask to see their books to make sure that the majority of money that's coming in is not spent on overhead, not spent on employee salaries, but the majority of the money is going to satisfy the mission that that nonprofit has. And I encourage each and every one of us to make a donation. Make a donation. See, we can get deeper into this. And I can talk about how we can get out of debt. You know, if you think about $300 million a day, and you multiply that times $365, 365 days in a year, we can get ourselves out of debt. We don't have to depend on the government. But that's some stuff that's brewing, and I'm going to encourage each and every one of my listeners to start looking at alternative assets, 
um, tangible assets that will hold value. I want to ask a question, and I'd love for I'd love to get some feedback on this. Give me a call three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. That's three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. And after I ask this question, I'd love to get some feedback on it. But how many of you know that our dollar is not based on any precious metals? It's not based on any reserve. It's based on the fact that our dollar is the only reserve currency in the world, which means we can print out money whenever we want to. But what happens when you print out so much money? What happens? I'd love to hear some feedback on what you think what will happen when too much money is printed. Because there are some things that are happening, and if you don't have money invested in a tangible asset, gold, silver, platinum, if our dollar is ever devalued, what's going to happen to our way of life? What's going to happen? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 347-637-1008. And as we progress and talk about a few things um, that I hold near and dear to my heart, this week we're talking about this is pretty much a summation of the week because a lot of things have happened this week that made me want to come on the air this morning and just express some concerns and, you know, get some feedback um, from the audience, from the listening audience, of things that are happening and how we can better get a handle and curtail some of these things. Um, I heard a, saw a report yesterday, if you will, about credit. Now, credit has been a hot issue that we've been talking about for the better part of three months. And it's not something that's going to go away because with the way the the economy is changing and the way that credit will have such a a strong stronghold on on our economy is something that we're going to continue to talk about. But these, how many of you have seen the commercial of these three guys singing? It's a band. And I think the last one I saw, they had a goat on with them singing about you know freecreditreport.com or something like that. Well, it's a little, it's a little misleading because they say you call or you you know. You call them, and you can get your credit your credit score. You get your credit report, but you also get your credit score. Well, the report yesterday that I heard was the credit score that these guys are providing are not the credit scores that the banks are looking for. Now, think about it. You subscribe to this, and of course, it's a business, freecreditreport.com, right? You get your credit reports, but you have to sign up for a credit monitoring service, fourteen to fourteen ninety five to twenty nine ninety five per month. It's a way for them to make money. It's it's a business, and a lot of these places are looked at by the FTC. I mean, the FTC has shut down several companies claiming that they can do things that they can't. But this company, they're not doing anything illegal. But they're not telling you the full story. So you walk into a bank and say, well, okay, well, I got an 800 credit score over here. But on your, let's say, and that's on your, you know, your total score. But your your scores aren't really that high, according to Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Well, now that leads to problems. So now you're getting this credit score. What you need to do is find out from the banks. 
if you're going to get a loan, find out from the banks what methods do they use, what scoring system do they use. There are about five or six scoring systems out there. FICO, of course, being the Fair Isaac credit score, being the more popular, because it used to be Beacon, your Beacon score. Well, now it's the, it's the FICO score. But you need to find out from the banks what scores are more relevant to what they're looking for in order for you to get a loan. You cannot depend on anyone to do this but yourself. You have to take charge of what's going on and make sure you can put this stuff in motion. Now, I months ago I told you that the only FTC-sanctioned website was annualcreditreport.com. That's the only site that the FTC puts its its stamp of approval on that says, well, you can pull your credit report one per year, free copy. You don't have to pay. It's no, it's none of this um, credit monitoring. You simply get your credit report. And it's something that we all should do. I've been talking about this for months. It's something that we all should do. Pull our credit report once a year. Identity theft is the number one crime in America. And it's not going away. It's only going to get deeper. We've seen the commercials of people losing everything. Um, a report, uh, a news report this week, and you're going to love this, the, the audacity of the criminals. They actually sent the person that they robbed her identity, her credit, her credit identity, they actually sent her a bouquet of flowers paid for by her credit card, thanking her for having good credit because they abused it. They trashed her credit, and then they had the nerve to send her flowers saying thank you, paid for by her credit card. The nerve, the nerve of people. Pull your credit report. Pull it today. Go on annualcreditreport.com and pull your credit report. Now, there is another site out there, and it's called MyFICO. MyFICO.com. M-Y-F-I-C-O.com. Where you can go and set up an account, and you can look at your credit scores from all three credit bureaus because that's what's important. Now, once you pull that, once you pull your credit report, look for any discrepancies on it. If something you know is not yours, think back because they go back. They're supposed to go back seven years and things fall off, seven to ten years, depending on if it's a judgment or if it's a bankruptcy, seven to ten years. But seven years on your on your standard credit, um, bad credit, it's supposed to fall off after seven years of no contact. But take a look at your credit report and make sure that everything that's on there is yours. If it's not, simply start a dispute. You can dispute anything on your credit report. Regardless of if it's good or bad, you can dispute it. And it's up for the credit reporting agency and the credit issuing company to give you what you need uh, as far as making sure that, that that information on your credit report is actually real, accurate, and current. If it's not, they have to take it off. That's a benefit for you. They have to take it off your credit report if you dispute it, and they cannot validate it. The creditor cannot validate it. Because remember now, 
the three credit reporting agencies are just that. They report credit or report your ability um, to uh, of credit that you've been using. And then they will issue a score based on what the banks or the credit lenders are looking for of how credit worthy you are. If you're not credit worthy, then you know the you know what happens. You can't get your credits or you can't get the product that you're trying to buy. But that's what these companies do. So they have a a a responsibility to make sure everything that they report is current and accurate, but it's your responsibility ultimately. It's your responsibility as a listening audience to make sure that everything that's on your credit report is fair and accurate. If not, dispute it. Dispute it, dispute it. So these are things that we're going to continue to talk about. I made a contact this week. A friend of mine referred me to a consumer advocate attorney, and we've made contact. I'm going to have him on the air to talk to you about consumer advocate issues. I'm a big consumer advocate, and I would love to have the legal expertise on the show for you. That way, you have any questions of what rights you have, this gentleman will be able to tell you, and you can ask all the questions you want. So we're going to be looking at bringing him on before, um, probably shortly after tax season. I have to coordinate that with him. And, of course, tax day is next Friday, or this, yeah, this coming Friday, April the 15th. That's tax day. If you hadn't gotten your taxes done, get them done, get them in. I would love to have had our tax professionals on to give you that advice, but all of the friends of the Legally Steal show are busy right now. That's good because they're doing business. But they are very busy in those last-minute followers and getting their taxes together so they can get them in by next Friday. But we're going to have this gentleman on to talk to you. He is a He's a board-certified attorney. And we're going to have him on to talk to you about consumer advocate issues. So definitely get your questions together. You can call them in or you can definitely send them in to send me an email to the show. That's T-H-E-S-H-O-W at LegallySteal.info. Get your questions in. And I'd love to get them answered for you, get them on the air, so we can uh, make sure that you're on top of everything that you need to be on top of. Um, another thing that I looked at this week back to back to credit again some credit card companies are now being sued because of their practices and the way that they're doing things um they are they will issue you credit and and the way they play with their credit cards the way they play with the interest rates see after the president passed the legislation of you know, basically making the credit card companies more responsible, banks and credit card companies more responsible, these guys started taking doing all type of loopholes to get around that legislation because once it's written into law, it's specific. So what a credit card company can do or what these banks can do is simply go around it, uh, manipulate it to benefit them. They'll come up with another fee that's not specifically written into law and then they can charge you for it. Well, a lot of these guys are now being sued, which is good for them. Good for you, the, the credit card holders or the credit holders, to turn around and actually sue some of these companies. 
you know, a class action lawsuit. On one sense of the word, I actually like the concept, but on the other sense of the word, I I, I don't like it for as the as the disbursement of revenue once it's once they win the case. Because when you do a class action lawsuit, pretty much the only people that win for it financially are the attorneys, not the individual. I mean, you know, they may have a several billion dollar judgment, but and and it's dispersed equally amongst all of the participants in a class action lawsuit. That's why, you know, I was had the opportunity to, to be a part of a class action lawsuit, and after I did my research, I declined. Uh, if I was going to do anything, I was going to sue them separately instead of sue the company separately instead of going in a class action. Because once you go in that class action, you are pretty much signing away your rights to sue the company individually. So it didn't work for me. Um, and plus, the attorneys made out like fat cats. <laughs> they had the biggest. They had the biggest gain, forty percent, thirty-eight to forty percent of that suit. So it didn't work for me. But if you feel it necessary that you want to participate in that, by all means. But I suggest if you have a case, a strong enough case that you can sue individually, sue whatever, sue that credit card company individually, and see what your outcome will be. But this is this is what's happening. I, I I watched the video last night. It's a very interesting video. And this is something that I kind of talked about once on the air. And basically what I said is our American dollar is fading. Our dollar is fading, and it's going to fade away eventually. And we're going to have to redo the whole system of of what we're on. Now, no one called in when I put out that put out that question about what happens to our dollar when we continue to print so much money. Well, when you put too much of something into the system, what happens to that the dollar value is it diminishes. It goes down. Once when I was in college, I have a question that came over across the chat line. I'm going to get to it in just a second. But once I was in college, I had one of my professors stood up before the class and he said, what would happen if every country in the world that owed us money paid us that money on the same day at the same time, all of it, pay, re, basically repaid their debts, what would happen? The dollar would go away. The dollar value would be pretty much worthless. We would have more cash into our system and that would make the value of it fall i see that i see that response that came across the chat line the dollar goes away when we print too much money exactly it's going to go away it's going to fade into black it's going to become worthless and it'll be like it was in the 20 in the in the in the, in the early 1900s i don't want to quote a year cuz i don't want to be wrong but where there were dollar bills, $100 bills that were laying in the street that were worthless. So what do you do? Well, we can't stop the government from printing too much money. But I will tell you, I see another response. So do I invest my money in stocks, bonds, IRAs, gold, silver, what? Well, I can tell you this. Um, the stock market is <laughs> is going to go down. I wouldn't put my money in stocks or bonds. 
I wouldn't put my money in stocks or bonds. Your money is safer with you. Your money is safer with you if you had it under your mattress. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying put your money under your mattress, but you're going to have a better chance of protecting your money in that sense. But I will tell you this. If you have a million dollars and, and, and our money is devalued, it becomes worthless. You have a million dollars of paper that's worthless. Gold, silver, platinum, precious metals will never, never go away. And you can see gold is trading somewhere above $1,000 an ounce now. $1,000 an ounce. That's something that you may want to look at. Silver is something you may want to look at because tangible assets, precious metal tangible assets, are going to be the way to go when the dollar is devalued. And people, it is coming. Countries all around the world are starting not to accept the American dollar. The value, I remember when I was in the desert um, during the Persian Gulf War, our dollar in Saudi, in the, in the Saudi rials was worth, one, one American dollar was worth 3.75 Saudi rials at that time, and that was in 1990. It was still holding strong. We were pretty good. But now we're almost one-to-one. That's sad. The euros, our dollar is pretty much half of a euro. It's going down. There are reports that you know countries are having secret meetings to devalue the American dollar because when no one stops, you know, when people stop to stop accepting your money, then the value of it goes down. And see, we can't forget about that monster called inflation. So we are we are heading towards some some economic perils, and I'm suggesting if you have money. People say, what, what about CDs? Which CDs are better? Listen to me. Listen to me good. If you put your money in a CD, all you're doing is they're holding your money there in the bank. But when that becomes mass panic, and I am not trying to scare anybody. I just want you to think for yourself for a minute. When that becomes mass panic, you can't get your money out of the bank. So what do you do? Well, there for years I, I I had a company that I actually would structure people's business, and I suggested people start offshore corporations and the reason for that was to put some assets away that the government couldn't get its hands on if something happens because the government can seize for its benefit will seize your assets if they need it. And if something is in another country, then, you know, it's kind of hard to get to. Now, I'm not telling you to do anything illegal. You can do all of this legally. There are countries like Belize that you can establish establish an offshore entity in. Um, Panama, I wouldn't do it in Panama. Panama is a little unstable. Um, But there are a bunch of countries out there. I mean, you can even look at Puerto Rico, because Puerto Rico, you can have a corporation, even though Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, Puerto Rico has its own government. They can't vote in, 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 in the presidential election. They have their own government there, but they are a U.S. territory. And some of the taxes, um, 
they don't have they don't adhere to the US tax base. So definitely look into that. My family and I are thinking about updating our passports to leave this country. What are your thoughts about this? <laughs> Get your passport together, make sure it is updated and make sure that you have reserve enough if you know the country listen to me good if you know the country that you're planning on going to take money now u.s currency now and convert it into that country's um currency take it and convert it now because if our dollar is devalued and that country does not take the american dollar anymore you might have an updated passport but you won't be able to travel because <laughs> you, you, your money will be worthless. So I suggest if you know which country you're planning on going to, take money now and convert it into their currency and hold it. Now when you go, if you decide to you know, take a trip when, when uh, things happen here in America, then you will already have your money converted into that currency and it'll be useful in that country because the last thing you want to do is be able to pull up an American note that's worthless. Now, I may be talking a little shock value, pushing it to the extreme, but people, come on. No one thought that our government, Fannie and Freddie, would fail. No one thought that General Motors would go into bankruptcy. No one thought Lehman Brothers would go out of business. These were financial powerhouses. And these guys cracked under pressure. No one thought Delta would go into bankruptcy. But look at what happened. I'm telling you, there's some things that are happening, and you better take heed of the warning signs. Are there ways not to report my earnings to the government? Is a question that's coming across the chat line. Can you elaborate or suggest what is best to do? Um... Are there ways not to report your earnings to the government? Well, if you're if you're earning money here in the U.S. and you're earning it from, see, there are a couple of things that happens when you say your earnings. Let's 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 break that down for a minute. I know enough about taxes and I know enough about earnings of what that what that means. When you're earning. You're not making money, you're earning money. There's a big difference in making money and earning money. Normally when you earn money, your money is coming from a source that's coming to you. Okay? Well, here, if you're making earning money from um, your job, you cannot go without reporting that because your job has to send in what is called a W-3 to the government, to the IRS. And that W-3 reports all of your money that you've paid out to an individual. So now you have, they know. So even if you don't do your taxes, I mean, how do you think the IRS comes after these people that have not filed their taxes? Because when I, as an employer, write a check to you, be it you 1099 or what have you, when I write a check to you, I am not going to pay the taxes on the money that you earn. So I'm just going to send you a 1099 at the end of the year. That's your money. But I'm, I have to report that to the IRS and say, I paid Joe Smith $15,000 throughout the year. Now, if Joe Smith files his taxes, that's Joe Smith's business, not mine. I don't have to worry about it. But I did show that I reported it. So 
when you talk about your earnings, it's a little bit different. Now, when you are making money, that's a whole other story, a whole other subject too. What I suggest you do when you're making money is get with a competent CPA. And when I say competent, I'm not just talking about one that I want one that's well versed in gap procedures, general accounting procedures, but also get with one that knows how to put money in other vehicles to make it work for you in the long run. Because it's more than just about reporting your money. You have to file your taxes. You have to. That's a law. But it's the way your taxes are filed. I told you last week, no one's taxes are right. No one's taxes are, are filled out properly. It's just degrees of allowability that the government does. So what I suggest you do is get with a competent CPA and a competent financial planner a financial advisor that knows how to suggest the proper tools to protect your money. How do you protect your money? But I'm telling you, let's go back to the bigger picture. You can have all the money, all of the U.S. dollar dollars that you want. When those dollars become worthless or devalued, let me, let me use a more politically correct word. When they become devalued, that money now does not hold the same value as it did. I mean, come on. We are up against some things that are happening. We look at the gas prices, for instance, and we say, wow, these prices are rising. I mean, the national average now is about $3.72 seventy $3 per gallon. Well, you know in the rest of the world that's cheap. We're actually getting gas pretty cheap. Because gas is high as is as high as seven or eight dollars in Europe, six to eight dollars in Europe, in Belgium, seven dollars in Iceland, six dollars in Canada. It's higher than it is here. Why is our gas so cheap? Well, because we have the reserve currency of the world, and we can buy oil cheaper than anybody else can because, you know, we can just print money if we want to and buy it. Well, what happens when these countries around the world decides to, to stop taking the American dollar because the value of it has gone down so much? We're going to be in shell shock when we go pull up to a gas tank. I mean, come on. We saw what happened after 9-11. We saw what happened with the gas prices when they went to 5 and $6, and a lot of people were complaining. Well, what happens when it becomes the norm when your gas is 7 or $8 a gallon? And see, we just keep driving. I heard the most stupid thing on the news a couple of weeks ago. A news reporter asked this guy at the gas pump, well, how high would gas have to go before you stop driving? And he said, well, you know, um, if it gets to about 8 or $9, then I guess I'll stop driving. If it gets to 8 or $9. What about the rest of the country when gas is at $4 and we're crying? Um, it's something to think about. Got another uh, question. I purchased everything with cash. Is this a good thing to do or should I establish credit just to have a good credit score? I'm going to say do both. I'm going to say your things that you that you want to own, like, one of the things that I'm looking at doing is buying me a nice 65 to 70-foot yacht, boat, okay? 
and I plan on paying for it with cash. Why? Because if I ever decide to get on my boat and sail the seven seas, I don't have to owe anybody anything. It's mine. I'll just insure it to make sure it's replaceable if something happens. But it's my money. Now, because we are going to, I predict we're going to go to a credit-only system where your money is not going to be, if, if the money gets devalued, we're going to have to do something different. And I say that make sure you have a stronger credit score. It does not take a lot to, to get a strong credit score. It takes due diligence. It doesn't take a lot of money. It takes due diligence. Get you a credit card. Pay it off every month. Do not live on the credit. Okay, use it wisely. So if you have a credit card with a $1,000 limit, let's say a $10,000 limit, and you decide that you want to buy you a wash and dryer, buy it on your credit card. Okay, bring it home, and in 30 days, when your bill comes out with your wash and dryer, maybe $1,000, $1,300 that you've paid for your wash and dryer on that credit card, pay it off. Write a check for $1,300 if you don't have the $1,300 and plan that you plan to pay off that wash and dryer, don't buy it on credit. But let's say you want to go two months. Buy it. Pay $600, $650 the month that your bill comes out. And then 15 days later, pay the other $650. That shows that you are using your credit card, you've tapped into your $10,000 balance, but you paid it off. The banks are going to love you. They made a little bit of money off, but you were so good as a credit risk that they didn't lose any money. They didn't have to worry about you overextending yourself. And what they're going to turn around and do then is then they're going to send you a credit limit increase. They're going to tell you they'd like to raise your credit limit. Don't. Stay at $10,000, but use your cash to buy it. Make your cash work for you strategically when it comes to your credit. One, one, one quote says, I do not put money in bank or in any bank or credit union. I have a secret place in my property where I keep it. Good. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> keep, keep it there. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Credit unions are a little safer than banks because they are backed by the National Credit Union Administration. Now, those of you who are listening to me and who have been listening to me know that I favor credit unions, not just because I'm going to be doing business with credit unions, but because I understand what credit unions are built on. They're built on the principle of community. We help our own. We help our own. So when banks go to closing up, like they did uh, two years ago, credit unions, you didn't see credit unions following. Some credit unions got in trouble because they started to extend themselves and get into the mortgage industry, the mortgage lending. But the majority of credit unions that actually had mortgages, what they did was they were loan servicers. You could come into the credit union and you could get a loan. But then they would turn around and sell that loan off to somebody else. Basically, they were loan officers, loan originators. 
They got paid a couple of points for setting up that loan, and they made it look to their members that, hey, we're here to service anything that you need. So if you need loans, we can take care of that too. But they pushed that loan off to a servicer. So when the, when the, market, when the housing market crashed, the credit union didn't fall victim. Now, there were some of the bigger credit unions, the, you know, a half of a billion dollar bigger credit union. Some of these guys actually held on to the notes themselves, which to me was, you know, I think they got burned. They learned their lesson. But I would I would any day, any day, most of you know who listen to me. I am not a fan of Bank of America. I'm not a fan of J.P. Morgan Chase. These are the big for profit banks where all they're concerned about are themselves. Now, if you hear some stuff in the background, there's a centennial parade going on in the town that I'm in right now. So that's the band and the sirens, but and they are getting loud. That's not their problem. That's mine. But uh, back to back to the way I'm talking about credit unions. Once the because they're not FDIC insured. They operate on a total, totally separate system. Your money would probably be safer in a credit union than it would a bank. However, if everything folds and your money is no good, it doesn't make a difference if you have your money in your backyard buried on your property, in your attic, in your wallet, or in a credit union or bank. If your money is worthless, it's worthless. So, But I do think that's extreme. But I do think that we're going to get to a point in our recent future where our money is not going to hold the same value as it does today. And already today, the value of our money is a whole lot lower than it was 10 years ago. So be aware of what's happening. Buy you some gold. I mean, how many of you have paid attention to the these commercials of we buy your gold, we buy your gold, we buy your gold. Everywhere. I know I can drive down the street and they have people outside in costumes that are spinning these little things talking about we buy your gold. Well, here's what's happening. They're buying your gold for a reason. I'll give you currency, but let me get that precious metal. Because, see, that precious metal is not going to go away. Your currency will. I'll sell it to you, but your currency is going to go away. That precious metal will not. Take a look at what's going on around you. It's, it's, it's pretty clear and it's pretty evident. It's in front of us. Things are happening. We need to pay attention to them and heed them. Got another response. I'm a person with a credit score of 750, and I want to purchase a car. Should I pay cash or should I use my credit union's money? Use somebody else's money. Um, there was a group, a band years ago, Naughty, Naughty by Nature, and it was called OPP. Now, they were talking about other people's property in the not monetary sense, but in this, I'm talking about OPP, other people's property. Use somebody else's money. Don't use your money. Use the credit union's money. Now, Using the credit union money, credit unions money, you're gonna get a, I mean, with a 750 credit score, you're gonna get an excellent credit rating. Uh, you already have an excellent credit rating. You're gonna get an excellent loan, an excellent interest rate. And right now, the credit union that I'm dealing with, they are at 2.99 percent on new cars. 2.99 percent. I mean, you're almost paying for the car, basically 
the price of the car, not anything extra. 2.99% is not a lot of money. Now, remember, we're going to do another car show coming up where we're going to be talking about purchasing cars and the way the interest rates work. You want to look at a credit union. Um, the, lower the, the lower the interest rate, well, put it to you like this. The interest rate really doesn't carry that much weight. It's the amount of car that you're purchasing. So if you can do 2.99 or 3.99, that's a whole lot better than 8.99%. But I would definitely use the credit union's money and not use mine. Let them carry the, the you know, for the money that they're making on your 2.99 or 3.99, they're also carrying the risk that if something happens, they're holding that note. So use somebody else's money and make sure, take that money that you would buy a car with and buy you some gold, buy you some silver. Okay? That's my advice to you. Use your money to buy some tangible assets, some, some precious metals, instead of buying a depreciable asset like a vehicle. Okay? That's my advice. So, there was a question that came across that I did not get to, and I said that I would, and it was one of the first ones. Let me go back up. Um, to, to Just a second. Okay, maybe I did get to all of them. Yes, I did. Everything that came across, I got to it. Man, I'm good. I'm good. And I know the band is getting louder, and it may be a little annoying because they are right outside the window. It's a big parade going on. So, but with that said, I am I'm doing a little research because I want to bring you some other stuff. I want to talk about another another segment coming up next week. But it's something that you definitely want to tune into. Uh, this research that I'm looking into, I want to get you some definite answers. Um, I'm actually going to participate in one of these reports uh, from this video that I saw. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy into it because I'd like to bring that information to you so you can make wiser decisions in the way you handle your money. But like I tell you, I've been preaching... Start your credit union account. Get away from the bank accounts. You can have them, but do your business with the credit unions. Well, now today I'm preaching buy precious metals. Buy precious metals. You know, way back in the day, um, land, land held a lot of value because land is not going to go away. If you own land, I'm not talking about that That house that you have on top of it. That's good. But land, land is, a, is an asset that the value of it will go up and down, but it will never go away. If you own land, you are wealthy. Okay? There's a reason Ted Turner bought land all the way from border of Canada all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. If the economy crashes and his billions are worthless, his billions are worthless. He has land. And as long as he has land, he has an asset that will not lose its total value. You have something, buy land, buy precious metals. Okay? That's my that's my comment for the day. That's my proclamation. Use your money. This is great. If you're gonna buy a car, and I know this was the, the this show started from the whole car industry, but if you're gonna buy a car, use somebody else's money. 
and use your money to buy something tangible, something that will hold its value when the dollar goes away. And before I go off the air, I'm going to ask each and every one of you to do one thing for me. Do one thing for me. And no, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'll tell you about all that stuff later when we come on, when we do next week's show or next Wednesday's show. But do something for me. Look into your wallet right now. Pull out a note. You notice I didn't say a dollar bill. I didn't say pull out a Jackson or a Grant or a 20 uh, uh, or a 10. Pull out a note and read it. It says, this is legal tender for all public and private debt. This note, note, which means that note can lose its value. And if that note loses its value, you can use that note in your pocket for tissue paper. All right, with that, I know I'm throwing some controversial stuff out there, but of course, I always want to bring you things that matter most to your wallet. I want to make sure you can maximize everything that's in your wallet. And I'm not going to tell you anything that I don't do myself. So by all means, it's been great. I love the responses that came in today. Uh, we're going to keep it up. We're going to keep it going. I want you to spread the word. If you're not a friend of the show, please become a friend. Send me an invite. Become my friend. I want you to be my friend. Also on Twitter. Hook us up on Twitter. We legally steal on Twitter. So you can find us. Type in legally steal. You're going to see my mug. Stand in there and join us. I'll make sure I friend you back, and we'll stay connected that way. So until next time, I want to bring you the best show on the web with the most real, relevant, and reliable information, and only about issues that matter most to your wallet. Listen, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Don't get into trouble. And get your taxes filed. And open up a credit union account on Monday. Peace.